to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Again, good morning and welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's so good to be in worship with you. Again, today we had such a great time. If you missed it, it's on the church website, our fifth anniversary worship celebration. We celebrated last Sunday evening. I want to give a special shout out and thank our veterans on Veterans Day weekend. Thank you for your service to our community and country. Like a lot of many nonprofits, we take in a majority of our revenues in the final quarter of the year. And I have assured our new business administrator, Beth Lane, I said, don't worry, the money's going to come in. Do not make a liar out of me, okay? So remember us in your year-end giving. This Tuesday, Ryan Jensen, our newest pastor on staff, is going to be leading a worship service, a service of healing and wholeness up in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. This is a special service. If you're grieving, going through a time of sadness, this is a place to come and to kind of lay all your cares and concerns before the Lord. If you know of somebody, a family member, a friend, invite them to come to this special service. It's at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. This morning, we're going to look at kind of an obscure passage. It comes from 2 Timothy. It's words that Paul wrote to his young friend, Timothy. This is a sermon I really like to preach every year because it deals with a perennial human problem, the problem of procrastination. And so let's look at this great letter that the Apostle Paul sends to his friend Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 22. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. You also must be aware of him, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila in the household of Anisphorus. Erastus remained in Corinth. Trophimus I left ill in Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Putin's and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask in the next few moments, you might be our teacher, that you by your spirit might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
come before winter. A few years ago, a congregation member gave me a set of recordings of his favorite sermons, and some of them were quite old. And one of them, a, a pastor preached a sermon borrowed from a former pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Since hearing it, I've discovered that this sermon has been preached many times all around the world. Like Miles Davis or John Coltrane putting their own spin on an old jazz standard, this is my effort to give my own spin on this great sermon. I think it speaks to a perennial human issue, the, hu the human issue of procrastination. What will, will we do what needs to be done today? Will we meet the needs of the present moment? Will we rise to the occasion? Procrastination is a perennial human problem. If you're anything like me, you follow the advice of Mark Twain who said, never put off till tomorrow what you can put off until the day after tomorrow. Right? In our text today, we have what most scholars think were Paul's last written words. He's trapped in a prison cell in Rome. He's awaiting what appears to be his imminent execution. And he's alone, he's imprisoned, and he's in need of help. And so he writes to his friend Timothy and asks him to come quickly, come soon. He asks him not to wait. Bring my cloak, bring me my books, and most of all, bring me my parchments. But do come to me soon. Come before winter. So today I have three questions that I want to ask regarding this text. The first is, why come before winter? Winter was a notoriously bad time to travel across the seas in the first century. Even if Timothy waited till spring and took a, a land route, he would still have to cross the Adriatic Sea. The seas were usually shut down to shipping traffic, usually from mid-November to mid-March. You see, during the winter, the wind and the waves would get so dangerous they could capsize a ship. Paul knew this well, himself having experienced a shipwreck. We know how difficult sea travel can be in the wintertime. And so Paul is saying, Timothy, come before winter, before the seas are too rough. Come before it's too late. Come before winter. Paul is worried about Timothy's safety. But I also think Paul's sitting in that jail cell, feeling alone. Maybe even in despair, he's feeling abandoned. Notice at the beginning of the passage, he says, do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Things have gotten difficult for Paul. He's held by the Roman Empire on a capital offense. He knows he's going to die soon. He doesn't have much time left to talk with his friends. They've all abandoned him. They've all abandoned him to save their own necks. Demas who's in love with this present world, says, I may have to die, but not today, Paul. See ya. Crescens left Paul saying, gotta run to Galatia. Have some family I've missed in a while. You just take care of things here. I'm gone. 
Titus. Titus goes to Dalmatia. Someone's stolen my puppies. That's my contribution to the sermon. (laughs) Paul is left in a prison cell with only Luke by his side, and he says to Timothy, he begs him, come before winter. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Rome, and we went to the place where they say Paul was held captive. And it's not like what I assumed a jail cell would look like. It was more of a cave. I couldn't even stand up straight. The ceiling was so low. It was dark. It was dank. It was musty and cold. And I could just imagine Paul huddling over there in a corner. He begins to get practical. He begins to ask himself, what am I going to need as winter comes? It's getting cold. I'm going to need my cloak. I'm going to need my books. Most of all, I'm going to need my parchments. But whatever you do, Timothy, just make sure you come before winter. I don't want to be alone. So the second question we have to ask ourselves is, did Timothy go? The Presbyterian minister who first preached this sermon was the senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. His name was Clarence McCartney. And in his mind's eye, Dr. McCartney in his sermon asks that question, did Timothy go? And he kind of imagines, what if Timothy received Paul's letter? But then he says to himself, yes, I know you need me to come quickly, but I've got some things to take care of. I have a to-do list. What if he waited? What if he didn't come? What if he waited till spring? And spring he goes. And he goes to the jail cell in Rome. The guard is there. And he says, can I see, can I see my friend Paul? And the guard says, oh, I'm so sorry. Came too late. Paul's gone. He told me to say goodbye to you. He told me he loves you. He said he would see you in heaven. Did Timothy go? We don't know. But if he, if he hesitated, if he waited to put his affairs in order, if he procrastinated, if he was delayed, if he waited until spring, he may have missed his moment. He missed his opportunity. If he failed to respond to the present need. Now y'all know I'm an optimist. I think Timothy did not hesitate. I think he went immediately. I imagine he went and he hurried. He said, where are the books? Where are the parchments? Where is cloak? I have to go now. Paul's asked me to come before winter. RPC is a congregation with a long tradition of responding to the present needs with decisive action. One of my favorite stories that I love to share again and again is about one of our mission partners, the Children's Development Academy here in Roswell. It began in 1967 when an African-American child in our community died of malnutrition. Everyone was devastated and shocked that this could happen here. And so some of the women of the church and of the community gathered together and they did some research. And they figured out that one of the key factors that you could help raise people out of poverty was through education. So what if we start a school where we can feed 
care for and educate children in need. They said, let's do it. And so they said, all we need is a space. And so they called the senior pastor here at RPC, Cy Mallard. said, Pastor Cy, we need a space for our school. And as a good Presbyterian, Cy said, well, we'll have to have a meeting about this. And he hung up the phone. A few moments went by, and Cy actually told me this himself. He began to think. He got that phone back out, and he dialed. He dialed those women. He said, I don't need to think this is the right thing to do. Of course you can use some of our space. And so there, the Children's Development Academy was born, was birthed. Thousands of kids have been ministered to because this congregation decided to respond to the present needs of the present moment with decisive action. As you're going to hear in a minute, under Lane Alderman's leadership, a partnership with Zablin Curia, Rockbridge Ministries in Kenya, this great partnership over 20 years that it's been going, building a nursing school, providing scholarships for kids to get an education, water tucks for sustainable ministry. It's powerful. Just a few months ago, a Spanish-speaking congregation came to us, La Familia de Dios, and they had lost the space where they were worshiping. And they said, could we borrow some space? We want to worship. And our leadership got together and said, of course. You can use the historic sanctuary at this time. And let me tell you, if you walked by there, when you're coming in, it is rocking. <laughs> Just last week, the pastors told me, two families, through their ministry, decided to follow Jesus Christ. We saw the need and figured out how can we meet the need. Don't hesitate. He who hesitates is lost. Friends, we are at a time in our world that requires decisive action. In our world, we need people to stand up and speak up for love, compassion, kindness, peace, and justice. We need people to speak up and live out the values of Jesus Christ. We need people who won't procrastinate. We need people who will come before winter. The vital needs of the present moment require decisive action. There are lonely people who need a phone call. There are hungry children who need food. There are people who are lonely, who do not feel valued, who need to be reminded that they are loved. There are needs of the present moment that require decisive action. And so this leads to my final question, the real important question. Paul asked Timothy, come before winter. Would you have gone? Would you have gone before winter? Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, you cannot do a kindness too soon for you never know how soon it will be too late. Do a kindness today. Come before winter. How many of us waste the precious moments of our lives on meaningless activities? We waste our resources frivolously. We squander the time we have, we let the precious moments of our lives slip away. I came across a quote from the humorist and writer Irma, Irma Bombeck, who she had a regular newspaper column that was syndicated across the country. She wrote a great book, If, if Life is a Bowl of Cherries, What Am I Doing in the Pits? 
She went through several battles of cancer. And at one point she came to what the doctors told her would be her final round. And so she was reflecting on her life And she wrote some words that I think apply to everyone's life, whether you are five or 85. She writes, if I had my life to live over, I would have invited friends over to my house, even if there was a stain on the carpet, or I hadn't had a chance to change the upholstery on the chair. I would have taken time to listen to my grandfather ramble about his youth. I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. And when my kids kissed me impetuously, I would have never said, oh, later, go wash your hands. Mostly, given another shot at life, I would seize every moment, really see it and look at it and never give it back. I would stop sweating the small stuff. I would never worry again about who didn't like me, about who had more than I did. Instead, I would cherish the relationships with which I have been blessed. And I would do something every day to promote my own well-being, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Are we living our lives before it's too late? Are we critically reflecting on our lives to respond to the present moment? Or are we just sleepwalking through life? Paul says, come before winter. Would you have gone? Would you have gone before winter? Will you take advantage of the moment? to seize the moment with decisive action, to offer a word of gratitude, an act of kindness, to stand up and defend someone, to spend time with your loved ones. The question is, will you meet the needs of today with action? Paul says, come before winter. I've been thinking about this sermon lately. I told you all a number of years ago that my dad was diagnosed with dementia. And many of the people in this congregation were so kind, they'd pull me aside, send me an email, Jeff, make sure and talk to your dad now. Don't wait. If you have a question for him, speak up. Do it now. Don't wait. Well, his conditions worsened. He has Alzheimer's. Several months ago, it was on a Sunday, he had several strokes. It was not good. Scott Weimer, one of my mentors and one of our beloved pastors here at RPC, he sent me a gentle text. He said, Jeff, in my experience, no one ever regrets going to see a loved one. Go see your dad. So the next morning, I got on a flight and I flew out there. And I thought about all that was on my to-do list, all the meetings I had, the phone calls I had, all of the excuses but I also thought about this sermon, come before winter. I'm so glad I did. I went there to the hospital, laid on the little couch there. My dad, during the night, nurses and doctors would come in for various tests and whatnot, and he'd get frightened. I'd say, Dad, Dad, it's okay. I'm your son, Jeff. I love you. You're okay. Come before winter. Friends, there are needs of the present moment that require decisive action. Is there someone you need to reconcile with? Is there someone you need to forgive? Come before winter. Is it time to reach out to someone, to reestablish a friendship, 
to let someone know that they're valued and loved come before winter. Paul begs Timothy, come before winter. And the question remains, would you have gone? Would you come before winter? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, I pray that you might fill our hearts with courage or that we might be able to be the kind of people that can respond to the needs of the present moment with decisive action. Lord, that we can do today what needs to be done. We thank you for this great congregation that has done that over the years as we continue to remind ourselves that we are responding to your call. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.